Welcome to the 199th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. When Ann and Peter Schwegel returned to Minnesota a few years ago to launch a career in farming, they were full of enthusiasm. After meeting in college, the couple had taken a path that in some ways had little to do with agriculture. Peter was on a Ph.D. track in applied physiology, and Anne had worked for the National Geographic Society and as a grant manager for a nonprofit. But they had also worked on an innovative pasture-based livestock operation in Florida and had become passionate about producing good, healthy food. That sparked a passion for returning to their agricultural roots. And in 2012, the couple began farming with Peter's family in west-central Minnesota. They were excited about experimenting with a variety of innovative crop and livestock production practices. But it soon became clear enthusiasm can only take you so far when it comes to making a practical living on the land. After their first growing season, the Schwegels, who are in their early 30s, enrolled in the Land Stewardship Project's Farm Beginnings course. During the class, they learned from established farmers and other agricultural professionals about business planning and goal setting, among other things. Just as importantly, Ann and Peter learned how to use enterprise analysis to create synergy between various parts of their farming operation. That latter skill came in handy recently when they took a look at how they could integrate their organic cropping operation better with their natural pork production enterprise. By crunching the numbers, Peter and Ann were able to determine that it made financial sense to set up an on-farm feed mill since it would allow them to add value to their crops by feeding them directly to their hogs, which they market straight to consumers and through a local natural foods co-op. I recently visited the Schwego farm near Browns Valley and got a tour of their crop fields, swine enterprise, and feed mill. We talked about how Farm Beginnings helped Ann and Peter channel their enthusiasm and do the kind of enterprise analysis needed to interconnect various aspects of the farming operation in a profitable way. They also talked about the role good food plays in driving their farming passion. So you guys took Farm Beginnings. Uh, you, you both have a, kind of a farm background, and you, you took an indirect route in, back into farming. But one of the things, when you finally decided you were going to farm and you had kind of a year under your belt, you took Farm Beginnings, and, and you said one of the things that kind of helped you do is channel your enthusiasm. And I thought that was a really good way of kind of describing the value of a class like that because you're young, you're energetic, you have all these ideas in the world, but it sounds like that that was really helpful for you. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there in that we were young and energetic and we had seen a lot of really neat things that other farmers were doing. So of course, we want to do all those neat things too. Mm-hmm. Farm Beginnings, I think, then gave us that perspective that if you're going to take on a new enterprise, uh, you can't just rely on that excitement and enthusiasm to make that enterprise successful. You have to do the analysis, pencil everything out, uh, make sure that it's going to be a successful enterprise, and also be realistic about kind of the time that it's going to take to do that to really make it work. Yeah, Farm Beginnings gave us... You know, what forced us to really answer the question is, is this new enterprise that you're so enthusiastic about, is it a business or is it a hobby? Because if you want to earn a living, it's got, you got to treat it like it's a business. Well, and it kind of sounds like that's paid off. You guys, through Farmer Gains, were able to, through networks, get involved with the Farm Business Management Association, which helps you kind of set, set up logistics of you know, QuickBooks and, and, and setting up your financials and your, your kind of ongoing education on, on business management and, and uh, bookkeeping. But also, it sounds like it's paid off in that one of the enterprises you wanted to pursue was setting up an on-farm feed mill for your organic hog operation so you could process your, the own, your own 
crops that you're raising, your small grains and the other crops that you're raising, and really know exactly where that's coming from. And you, you said that when you were able to go in with a, you were able to get financing through various means and, and through some seed grants, that type of thing, but that you were able to go in kind of with a business plan in hand and that that's, that sounds like that really paid off. Yeah. Um, Farm Beginnings was, was great for teaching us ways that we could make different enterprises on the farm work in synergy with each other, Mm -hmm. you know, and not just being kind of siloed to use the farm metaphor, (laughs) not to be using separate silos, uh, but to kind of make things work together. And the feed mill directly came out of that as, you know, something to help us. We grow somewhat alternative crops to, you know, earn a living off of those, those crops that we have in the ground already to help our soils you know, we can turn around and pay ourselves a living wage for them and feed them to our animals. You know, that through Farm Beginnings, and we worked with farm business management to come up with a cash flow business plan to, you know, give us an air of credibility when we go into our banker and get it financed. Yeah, I think the feed mill project is just one example of kind of any of the enterprises we look at now we kind of take with that eye, we look at it very kind of dollars and cents and everything has to get penciled out. And having that experience and being able to look at it and say that comparing what we were paying for buying our feed and bringing that in versus doing it ourselves, having that confidence to say, yes, we know this can work versus kind of just going out on a limb and saying, well, we think this is a good idea. Hoping for the best. Yeah, you you have a little more confidence going into it. Um, having done that homework, then being able to go into your loan officer and showing them exactly this is how we did it and this makes sense, we can we can pay for it kind yeah. of thing. You know, I just wanted, uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about was, uh, uh, and I think this is forgotten a lot in farming and raising food, a lot of what has drawn you to look at various enterprises and, and different directions on the farm is food. That <laughs> You guys, you really got inspired when you were in college about, around good food. But I think that's an important piece that people forget sometimes is, you know, there's all different reasons that you might seek out a different enterprise, but it kind of does come down to raising food. Yeah. We, I think if we've said it once, we've said it a thousand times. We want, we've wanted to eat like kings, and one way to do that is to grow it ourselves. Um, High-quality, fresh, local ingredients. You know, you can't get it any better than straight off the farm. Yeah, we were too poor in college to actually buy a lot of good food, so we figured we uh, we better farm and try to grow it ourselves. But yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot in here about needing to work out the paper and pencil and making sure that everything is going to make us money, which is which is important. But at the same time, that's not the motivating factor for why we farm. It's a necessary part of it, but the motivating factor why we farm is so we can work together and grow amazing food for both ourselves and our customers. Our community. Uh, we've, we've seen the impact that that good food can have on our lives and other people's lives. So that's the motivation, but in order to make that work in the long term, it needs to pencil out. So that's why there's so much focus on that front. I guess the feed mill is a good example of you guys are setting this up for your own operation right now. And uh, in the long term, it sounds like it could be an enterprise possibly that it could help you network with other farmers and provide a service to other farmers. And it's kind of that community impact kind of thing where you're not just doing your own thing and kind of isolated, but that maybe there, there, it sounds like there is a network of other farmers who on different scales trying to do some of these different uh, things with livestock and that something like this could really 
help serve some of their purposes? We certainly think so and we hope so. We're in a fortunate position that we had some infrastructure in place that allowed us to jump into the feed mill. While it still has a very significant investment, it was probably more reasonable for us to do than a position that a lot of other farmers might be in. So yeah, we certainly had an eye as we did it that we think we can help other farmers um, who are looking for similar high quality feed. There's a lot of kind of regulatory uh, red tape there that has to get figured out as things are currently currently framed in the state. We'll see if there's legislatively if there's anything we can do to maybe help that for small producers such as ourselves. That's a fun part about the sustainable egg world in general is that people are looking to collaborate and looking to work together and that really makes it fun, I think. That was exactly what I was going to say, Peter, was that that's one of my favorite parts about the sustainable ag community is that you guys, you know, you get together and you talk, you know, you talk shop and you say, oh, what worked and what maybe didn't work so much. You know, you you can learn from each other and they're happy to share their stories, even if it's kind of shooting the breeze. You know, you learn from each other and that's that's one of my favorite parts about it is it's community building yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I just one other thing you mentioned was the, the kind of the fun part of it. You uh, guys come from an educational background and Peter, I know particularly you at one time looked into going into research and, and worked in, you worked in a laboratory. But is, is kind of the experimentation of this sounds like it's fun too. Yeah, definitely. It's one thing for sure that makes farming exciting for us. And the kind of farming that we're doing is you're always trying new things. There's so many great ideas out there. So trying to find out how to work those great ideas into your farm, it's just constant experimentation and taking that feedback then and coming up with the next the next step forward really makes it rewarding and exciting i guess for our personalities yeah yeah we uh we like to maintain the proper amount of chaos in our lives and it is it's fun it's it's never a dull moment for more on the land stewardship projects farm beginnings course See www.farmbeginnings.org. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening.